everyone. Welcome back. This week's episode is incredible. Ashley Kowaleski from University of Arizona is on here. She is with the strength and conditioning staff over there. Ashley speaks about how being an athlete has shaped her as a coach and how she uses her experiences to her advantage. Before I met Ashley, I had planned to release this episode on August 22nd. And then when I met Ashley, I found out August 22nd is a very special date for her. Five years ago on this very date, she was in an accident. And it was just so ironic that of all the days that I could have chosen, August 22nd was the day that I picked. I think the universe has a special way of putting people in your life when they're supposed to be there. And I think this is one of those moments. So I hope everyone enjoys this episode of... What the hell do I do now? Okay. I did. Okay, welcome on. We got Ashley Koleski with us today. Ashley, I want to start with University of Arizona and how you got there. I've been here now for, I don't know, eight months. Okay. Since November. Um, yeah, something like that. Eight or nine months. I don't know. A time has flown. It's been wild. It's. I feel like it's a time in, warp. Yeah. And like coming in when I did too, right? I came in at the height of that, like of COVID and I was previously previously at the University of Michigan and that's part of why my everything at Michigan didn't work out because of COVID and so I didn't think I was ever going to work again <laughs> like I was like I'm never going to be able to be a strength coach ever again I had interviewed places and interviewed places and interviewed places and like it either didn't work out or they you know they hired somebody else or they one I had too much personality for which is like I've never heard that in my life right like um, but like but, what program do you want to be at where someone's saying you have too much personality right that that's a whole thing. And then I ended up when I, when I was going to accept or interviewing at Arizona, I ended up getting like three offers at the same time. And I was like, Oh, this is overwhelming. Like I didn't think I was ever going to work again. And now I have to choose vocation, location and pay, you know, like what, yeah. what do I want? And being here is Tucson. I love, I didn't think, cause right now it's like a hundred freaking 18 degrees yeah I don't know if I could be in Arizona you don't know until you do right like so I, can't come, I had been in Colorado previously and that's pretty dry heat right like it's it's not super wet in Colorado not super humid coming going to Michigan when I didn't see the sun for like three months one time like I didn't believe in seasonal depression it's real real yeah, it's been cloudy here. here like this is the first day it's been sunny in two days and I'm not kidding I was like I don't, I don't know if I can make it another there is day. A God. Yeah, you're like, like <laughs> the sun. It's been two days without yeah. sun. Yeah, so that's a beautiful thing in Tucson. I love the people I work with. I don't, I couldn't have made a better decision in accepting their offer here. I'm sure there were other qualified candidates. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. they hired me based on for for me. They hired me for me. They hired me because of the recommendations I came with, because of the people I know, because of really my history as a coach, not just you know my resume, my accolades, or whatever that looks like. And I think it's that's so underappreciated and undervalued in what we do because people do so much 
and oh well so-and-so was a coach at uh, Alabama for five years oh that's incredible like let's get them in here and then you get them here and you're like mm, you're not you're not that good at relating to people right yeah. and this is a people first job being here being with the sports I'm with like I have softball <laughs> what like I got here and they're like yeah we're gonna give you softball I was like there's Arizona softball you're gonna give me Arizona softball that's freaking sweet all right like okay okay I'm not gonna say no like yeah like I'm not gonna like I'm not questioning you but like yeah like give me give me softball let's go like Mike can't I came in fortunately Mike Kendra's last year but I got to spend time with that man I got to see his his culture his the character the values that he instills into these girls and the team in general there's not a more prepared team. We step out onto that field. There's not a better looking team, right? That's, they're great. I love those kids. And then I got swimming also. So men's and women's swimming, which is a huge team, a lot of responsibility tied up in that, but I finally created buy-in there, right? I'm able to do a lot more with that team. And then gymnastics, the gymnastics program here hasn't been in the weight room for like two years. They like didn't lift. And I was like, yo, for what you guys do, that's so, that blew my mind. Well, it's like, impressive that. that they've made it that long too, yeah. you know? It's crazy. But I mean, we did. So I, I was able to, to, you know, build relationships. I built relationships with the coaches. I built relationships with the girls and was able to create that buy-in. And then the coach came to me, they ran their own conditioning. They did their own stuff. Like they didn't really use a strength coach and coach came to me, I don't know, three, four months ago and was like, you can have it. I was like, excuse me, what? He was like, you can have it. You can have everything, strength, conditioning. Like, you know, I want you to, I want you to take it. I was like, oh my God. And my boss was like, yes. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, did it, you're in. No, let's roll. But that I think has a lot more to do with my ability to com- connect with people, build relationships, create buy-in because you know who I am as a person. You know who I am. I- I'm not trying to get your girls in here and make them professional weightlifters right? I, I tell my coaches all the time, right? My purpose, my, my value here that I add is by making you better at sport, not making you better at a squat, not making you better at a clean. Do I like those things? Yeah. Do I want to coach those things up? Absolutely. But that at the end of the day, if my kids aren't getting anything out of cleans, we're not going to do them, right? There are so many other things that we can do in other ways that we can get around what we're doing. But yes, I'm in Arizona now. That was a long-winded answer for me to tell you. I love it. Yes, I am in Arizona, (laughs) and I love it here. And it's what I've been able to do in the past nine, ten months has been unreal, and I absolutely adore it. And I'm sure from going from, like you were saying, I don't know if I'm ever going to coach again, to I love everyone I'm around. I love the place I'm at. I love the teams I have. The experiences you've built have been the total opposite of what you thought, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it came from a point where I was like, I'm not going to be a coach anymore. Like I thought during COVID, I was like, I'm going to have to transition out of coaching. And that broke my heart. Like to, to even have to think that, like, I have to transition out of coaching. What does that look like? And so I'm reaching out to my, you know, people that I'd known, I worked for the NSCA for a while. And so I used them and reached out to other people I knew in the field, but not in coaching. So I'm looking at all these things and I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. I want to, I want to be on the floor, right? I Absolutely. have, that's my passion. That's my energy. That's where I want to be. This is what I love to do. I want to be around the kids. I want to be around the coaches. I want to be in that atmosphere. Uh, it's everyday competition, whether it's competition with myself or competition with somebody else or competition in a team setting. And you just don't get that anywhere else. And I think as former athletes, we know that. We, you know that 
very rarely do you find those things elsewhere. So it, at the end of the day, like that's what it comes down to, right? Are you going to be able to turn around and make that happen? And in your, in your given career, right? Are you going to be able to go on? Ah, like I can find outlets for this competitive stuff that I've got going on. Or do you turn it around and make it your everyday? No, no, like now I'm going to focus on competition elsewhere, right? Not necessarily just in my life, but I'm going to bring it into other aspects. And that's been huge for me, figuring out what that looks like. So that was, I mean, exactly what I was just about to ask you. How has being an athlete helped shape you into the coach you are now? It's it's relations and it's it's relatability. And I love this saying, and it's it came from, I think, freaking... I think Scott Caulfield was the first person I heard it from, but it was like, nobody trusts a skinny chef. It's one of those, but like, I, I heard it from the first time from one of my mentors, like these, these coaches. And I thought about it and I was like, solid, like solid application there. Right. So that's kind of relating that to what I do and what I think as a coach, like being able to put yourself in their shoes and go, Hey, I remember the stresses I was going through with school, with class, with competition, with my personal life, whatever me as a strength coach, I am a behavior modifier and I'm a stress manager. Your body doesn't know the difference between that really heavy workout stress and that really heavy life stress. Being able to relate to them, being able to understand and being able to pull that in sometimes and just go, hey, look, I've been there. I've done that. Here's what I did. Or using my network because I, I was an athlete and at Oklahoma, I, we did such a good job at Oklahoma for, with like athlete relations I knew so many athletes. One of my very, really good friends that was a gymnast at Oklahoma is now the gymnastics coach here. She's an assistant coach here. Wow. And we knew, and we came in and she was like, yeah, I know her. Like we went to school together. We hung out. So using that to my advantage and being able to talk to these, you know, these athletes about, Hey, here's what I wish I would have done. Hey, here are things that I know now. I'm probably more athletic and stronger now than I was in school. And that is so sad. I've gone through so many changes and I've done so much in my life. That's sad that I'm probably more fit. I've probably hit, I probably haven't hit my athletic peak. And I keep saying, I'm like, that's disgusting. Like, I wish I would have known what I knew. And so being able to put myself in that, I think just makes me valuable in that it creates buy-in. It creates trust that may not have been there when you look and listen to somebody. And I'm the same way. I don't want to, I don't want to admit it that I'm biased, but I am. If somebody comes in, if you've never touched a weight before and you're going to tell me how to live, go away. I'm yeah. not, I'm not trying to listen to that. If you've never done, you've never worked with this technology before and you're going to tell me how to use this technology. Uh-uh. Like I don't, I'm not going to do it. You're, you know, you're a nutritionist, you're a dietitian, and you have issues with your own health, with your own. I'm not going to listen to what you say. So same deal for me. Like, Hey, this is what I did in school. This was how I was in school. This is how things were for me. And I'm better now. Let me help you right now where you're at, mm-hmm. get to the point that I wish I was at. It's one of those things that I think it creates an amount of comfortability. It makes them more comfortable coming to me and going, hey, look, this is happening. Like, I feel this way. I'm struggling with this. It makes me approachable in a way. All of that wrapped on top of being a female and the only I female on staff. I just think about it- to say that. It's like the perfect bow on top. Like you're young, you can relate to them. Age-wise, you can relate to them being a female, especially the female athletes who've never lifted before, the gymnasts coming in. And they're like, this is terrifying. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do in here? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you are. Like, I can do it. You can do it. We're all going to be doing it. Making cross relationships between my teams too. That's been massive. You've got the gymnasts don't look the same as my softball girls. 
My softball girls and my gymnasts don't look the same as my swimmers. Nobody looks the same. But over the summer, everybody's training the same. I'm building work capacity. What I think is so awesome, I always talk about, obviously now I'm not with a university, but we talk about the member experience. So for your kids, the athlete experience and how you can add value to that. Because I think that's what's so important about athletics. It's like my experience at College Charleston was so different than a friend's experience at another school. And I feel so grateful that I had the coaches I did because from them, I was able to have such a great experience. And sometimes I just feel sad for maybe athletes who didn't have that, like who can't look back on athletics, like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that I had Coach Ashley to help me work through this small issue that I couldn't talk to anyone else about. Right. And it can be personal, right? And it can also be very much in relation to their sport and we relate it to real life. That's part of what I've been stuck on lately is it's a people first approach, right? Athlete first approach. Well, I say that it's not an athlete first approach. It is the person, right? It's, it's people first. Yes, you are an athlete, but you're a human being. And I value you that way. I value that. I understand you have emotional, like there's, there's an emotional being in there and that's not always, you're not always there, right? You're not always thinking straight. If you're emotional, male, female, whatever, dudes have feelings. Don't sit here and try, you know, don't sit here and try and talk to me and tell me that you don't. That's what I've been on lately is like, what am I doing to contribute to their success? post-collegiately because what I've come to see and what I've come to realize me especially like getting out of sport I lost my family that was my, my team right those are the people that you are around all the time and my strength coaches right like I I lost this and it's not like you can't go back you know it's not like you can't go visit but like to have a schedule to have a routine to have that sense of security gone it, it's an emotional mess like that's a mental this is just a mess it's gonna happen no matter what like yeah. that time will come but no one no one talks about talk it about because it. Yeah. of course you want your athlete to focus on you have a game next week I don't want to talk to you about in two seasons when you're done or like you have spring you're preparing for yeah. I don't want you to look past that because I want you to be competing the highest level but then at the same time you're like no, you have to remember it is people first. Like you're a person, you're a student, you're like, you have relationships, you have family and being able to disconnect that from the sport at the expense of success. And I think people remembering that you're also human can lead to more success. I was about to say, that's, that's what I was talking to a couple people about yesterday. When you put people first, when you care about them as a, as a human being and you want them personally to succeed you will see t- success as a team you will see wins like when people feel good when people feel valued when people feel that you care you know like they're gonna do better it puts them in a good spot and it's a delicate line right as as a somebody on the performance side your performance right now matters and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that it doesn't because that's if it didn't I wouldn't have a job right if your physical and athletic development didn't matter they don't need me (laughs) you could just go play your sport all the time and be fine but what I tell my kids is like we have little tiny lessons that we can teach in between my favorite thing from this past year that we went over was just being where your feet are being present and what does that mean that means that when you're on the field, you're not thinking about tomorrow. 
when you're on the field, you're not thinking about the loss from yesterday. When you're on the field, you're not thinking about the shitty test that you just took yesterday. It's teaching them mindfulness. And to me, that carries over forever. That's something that you're going to be able to use forever. Same deal with the discipline, right? With consistency, with timeliness. And all those things are great and they're used in sport. But afterwards, right? Do we sit them down and go, hey, look, like, here's a network that I have. And that's something that I'm working on. I'm working on a little side project with another company right now that we're talking about doing like an athlete seminar, like after they graduate, well, before they graduate, but in the spring semester, right before they go to sit them down and be like, look, talk to these people who are in your spot. Here's what they're doing now. Here's how they got there. How can you utilize this, grow your network and, and expand, right? I was so. just talking to someone about this, like the amount of alumni, I'm sure, you either could have contact with or have had contact with like our alumni base at College of Charleston is pretty strong I wish there was some sort of networking big sister little sister big brother whatever like you have a person that you're going to be reaching out to and speaking with and helping whether that's they reach out to you or they find you or they choose like based on what you do I don't know how it could be set up but something in the sense of I remember when I graduated and I was like well I've never none of these people know me as Jen, like they know me as Jen who played soccer. So how am I supposed to go out in the world and be Jen, not Jen who played soccer? And so then when I was coaching and I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, these girls don't even know like the joy and the life they're about to live when they're done and the people that they're going to meet in relationships they'll build. You just can't see like past it until you're done. Level Because you're locked in, right? And that's just that's part of it. And to me, it just looks like talking about it more. It's yeah. not that the resources aren't there because exactly. they are. The The resources are totally there, especially on the academic side. There's all kinds of stuff like at Arizona, like the athletes have to present a resume before they graduate, right? Yep. They have all these things. Great. Freaking great. You know how many times I've ever really like looked at my resume and like given a damn, I'm not going to say and tell you it's not important. It's important. But the way that I conduct myself, right? the relationships I built, the the way I make people feel, the way I speak to people, calling people up, networking, things that I've just gone to conferences. When I graduated and when I was kind of going on my path, doing what I want, I didn't know a thing about conference. I was like, there's there's conferences for strength coaches? Okay, like seems a little extra, all right. But those are things and those networking and the people you know. One of my mentors is bringing Lauren Lando, who is the head strength coach for the Broncos. When I didn't have a job, he was fighting for me. He's calling people, hey, I know this girl, like right now she needs a job. Like, what can you tell me? What can you give me? And he'd call me and talk to me about it. Hey, I'm going to hook you up with this today. You're going to have an interview, you know, call this person and we're going to talk to this person. And like people love doing that. Yeah. And there's so much value in literally just picking up your phone that takes five seconds and shooting somebody a text. Hey, just thinking about you today, checking in, like hope you're doing well. The little values and things like that, that we don't teach. And even the people who are like so much higher, I have a mentor and he's so good at what he does. He's the ideal, like what I want to get to, but of course he's still human. Of course I can still text him and be like, Hey, just thinking about you. Hope the kids are well, love to chat soon. I know you're busy not to be scared of doing that. And I think like we're so bred as athletes, you have your coach, like you have this hierarchy of you. I don't, I mean, to me, I'm almost like you respect your coach. Yeah. I get it. But like they're still human. And I never looked at my coach as human because I just was like, he's my coach. And I do as I as he says, like, I'm not gonna question it. So I'm actually reading a book called um 
A defining decade. I'm gonna pull it up. You have to read it. So good. Yeah. And they talk about the strength in weak ties. And so the strength in like your network and not the people that surround you, but the people that surround them reaching out and striking a conversation or being like, yo, I, I'm looking for a job. I'll do anything like volunteer, whatever. If you hear of anything, let me know. Those are, that's where the strength lies and the people that maybe you've passed at a conference and you said hi to. Right. Exactly. There's, it's just undervalued, I think. And I've been very fortunate in my career to, I'm not shy. I don't, I don't have problems. I understand that can be an issue. It can't like you, I've got kids who just like freak out when I call them out in a session to say something. It's a skill, right? It's something you hone in on. Find your comfortable place. If you're not comfortable speaking in large groups, well, can I wait till after the session and then go talk to this person, right? Can I shoot this person an, uh, an email or a DM on Insta or a tech, whatever, right? Whatever that looks like. People will remember those small things. Like I, I remember almost every athlete or every coach has reached out and just been like, hey, I saw that you do this. Like, can you tell me something about it? Yeah. I'm gonna get back to you. It may be a day or two, depending on what I'm doing. Like when we were, we were traveling for, for softball, when we went to the world series, for some reason, that was the week that people just wanted to like reach out to me. And I was like, uh, can I get back to you next week? I'm here. For, I understand. I want to help you. I want, you know, asking about internships and networking and how do I do this as a young coach, finding those people, right? I've, I've also heard really unfortunate stories too of people who reach out to people that they really look up to and they're like, I just don't have time. Sorry. Five minutes to reach back out to somebody. So I've actually had this similar experience. I've, there's this one lady I've been trying to get in contact with and I'm at CU Denver in grad school. She's at DU. I, and she always says like, you know, this semester I just have, a, I'm busy every semester I message her I'm like, Hey, just checking in. And finally three semesters later, she was like, I'm going to Tokyo for the Olympics. I will be back. And then God, like, leave me the fuck alone. But yes, let's talk. Remembering the people who, when you were young and you're reaching out to people, not to be the person who just like, not writes someone off, but then, um, I don't know. I agree. Like, I think, but if someone is saying like, Hey, I'm really busy this semester, fine. Reach back out then next semester. Like keep hounding in, especially if it's someone who you want to speak with or you want to learn from. I agree. I'm almost like, what do you mean? Like, just give me five minutes. <laughs> like I, I've done that too. I put people on the clock. Be like, look, I have ten minutes in between these two. I'm meetings setting a I, timer. Yeah, I have ten minutes in between these two sessions, and then I've got to go. So please have your questions ready. Respect my time. I'll respect yours. I'm calling you back. And I've had to do that. I've had to do like quick sessions with people. If it was me, I would rather somebody do that than ignore me or be like, you know what? I just don't have time for you. And sometimes that cuts into my personal time. That's okay, right? That's okay with me. From me as a young strength coach, as somebody who really values communication and input and you know constructive criticisms and, and continuing education, it means that much to me to get five minutes of somebody's time and be like, thank you so much for talking to me. I, I did that with our SW, our senior women's administrator here. It took me two months to pin her down because she's busy all the time. And that's fine. We rescheduled our meeting like three times. But when I got to sit her down and talk to her, she made our meeting run over. She was like, I didn't realize you had such good questions for me. I didn't realize that you wanted to, to do this. I thought you just wanted to like chat. And I was like, no, no, I do. I do just want to chat. I do just want to build a relationship with you. 
but I want to make this place better, right? I want to be better in where I am for my athletes. I want to be better in my position for administration. I want to be better in my position to help uplift this department. And when your athletes see that, when your coaches see that, when your admin sees that, it makes everything go better for you. It just does. So communicating that to my athletes where it's like, hey, look, I've been fighting for you elsewhere, right? With your administration. You need to also do that. Fight for yourself. Give them some ownership because that's something that we don't do enough, right? We don't give them the ownership. We don't give them options. It's like, hey, here's your structured training plan. This is what we're going to do. Boop, go. Okay. Where's the ownership in that, right? Yeah. It leaves no room for for them to learn how to choose, pick and choose what they want to do. And then when they're done, they haven't learned now how to pick and choose. There's no plan. You're like, there's no plan. That's what, so I was wondering the difference between, I saw you were at with the US Olympic and Paralympic teams, and then obviously university athletics. Have you noticed a difference in the athletes or the culture? Wildly, wildly different. I was too high energy at the training center. There are a lot of professionals there and they're fantastic people. I love them. I adore what they do, but it's so hit or miss because like there's very few in-house tra- like people actually training, right? There were very few athletes that I saw day to day. And as a as somebody who's trying to work towards high performance, I value time with my athletes. I value time with my coaches. I, I want that. I want to learn more about you so that I can coach you better, right? I want to learn more about you so that I can pull more out of you and find out what motivates you, what gets, you know, what drives you. So everything at the USOPC was just for me as, as a strength conditioning intern at the time, I was just very, it was very up and down and very inconsistent. So I learned a lot. I got my, I got to see and work with so many different athletes from like, unusual sports right like combat sports back boxing judo um taekwondo like random sports and then like para sports right so para swimming para triathlon um para judo there's like a visually impaired version of judo so my time there really made me adaptable because it was it was constant change right there was never a day where it was like well it's gonna be a normal wednesday no such thing right no such thing here at, and, at, and on the collegiate level in general, I have much more structure, which I love. And <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of structure. I'm a huge fan of organized chaos. That's kind of where I roll. The name of the game. Is, yeah, it's organized chaos. It is because you still have to be adaptable. And I'm really glad that I learned the lessons that I did early on in my career because you have to be able to adapt. There are situations you're going to have to adapt to, whether it's going head to head with a coach on something or with an athlete or with other teams, right. With scheduling. Sometimes we can have like 150, 200 athletes in the room at the same time. And you're like, I got to make this work because this is the only time it works. Like I said earlier in the the competitive drive here, the day-to-day competitive drive and the energy that I get to bring is my favorite. I love being able to be in a, in a session and I get to read the room, right. I get to, ah, like we've got the energy today. I don't need to contribute or like, Ooh, it's not here. That's part of my job, right? Let's go. We got to get up. We got to go. We got to get the energy going before we ever start this session. So for me, it's people again, like the, the more athletes I get to have, I get to learn about them. I get to understand what motivates them. I get to push them. And then I get to give them ownership of their training, which I love. It's the difference between the professional because I, pretty much everybody that was at the USOPC is professional, right? They're professional. Absolutely. Athletes, they do. So the difference between professional athletes 
who that's all they do, they don't have to go work. They don't have to go to school. They don't have to do anything else. Their life, I'm not going to tell you it's stress-free, but like their life is much more about sport. Here, and we have a student athlete, right? They got to go to class. I don't know what it's going to look like. Honestly, this year may be a little different because now I'm going to have, I'm going to have athletes making more money than I do. That's unreal. And I don't know how I'm going to navigate that yet, right? I don't know how I'm going to communicate the importance of financial literacy and structure because we have those programs in place here, but like, I need to figure out how I'm going to funnel those things through and tie it into what I'm doing and being responsible and all that. That's the biggest difference. I think is just day-to-day adaptability. And here it's just a little more structure, a little more sanity on, I get to periodize my own programs. I get to communicate with the coaches as to what's going to work for the season. And you have ownership. Yeah, exactly. Super consistent. And I, I just love it. It's great. What was your biggest struggle when you finished competing? The loss of, of that family feeling really. It, it was that almost immediately, like the first day I didn't go, get to go to practice. I was just, what do I, what do I do? I don't get to see my people, right? There were, everybody kind of went their, their own ways, right? You have to, you, you don't get to just stick around with your teammates. A lot. I mean, you know, some people come back and coach and all that. And and I did, I was fortunate enough to come back and, and coach my very last year. And that was fantastic. But when I was done with that, when I graduated, I was like, where's my group? Where's my structure? Where's my backbone? Right. I don't get to go train with them anymore. I have to go train on my own. Ew. Like, I, you know, and so the, the sense of autonomy is brought to light very quickly where you're like, okay, who am I when nobody's here to push me? Mm-hmm. Who am I when nobody's here to coach me? That's a hard pill to swallow. And it's a very much like a, an ice bath. I mean, you get done with it and you're like, there's no more. And it's just shocking to the system. So that I think was my biggest struggle, realizing that I did have such good camaraderie with my teammates. I did have such good coaches. I had my student athlete experience was unreal. And to suddenly be without that and I knew it was coming. It's not like I didn't know I was going to graduate. It's not like I didn't know I was going to not go to practice, right? It just hits hard. Mentally, how do I cope with that? Can I hang out at practice? No, I got to go. I need to go live my life. I need to go work. I need to go, you know, find new outlets for those things. And that's hard. Did you have any hobbies before you graduated? And then now? No. No. Honest to God, in my head, I was like, I'm an athlete and that's what I'm going to be. Okay. No, right. You're, you're not, even if you're going to be a professional athlete, that's not all you are, right. That's not your identity. That's not who you are. Um, It's what you do for a time, period of time for sure. Exactly. And it can be important. I'm not saying that at all, right. But I found really quickly that I did not have any hobbies. I did not have anything to do. I was great. What do I do it this time? Yeah, great. There's all this time. And even when I was in school, I poured a lot of time into my dogs. It turned into like, okay, what adventures can we go? Let's go. Like, let's go take an adventure. Let's go travel. Let's go do something I've never done, right? And I got super into going places. And this is not necessarily a hobby, but like, I'll go, I go hiking, right? Like, I'm going to go out and be outside because that's part of what I loved about my sport is that I got to train outside. So I love that. So I started going on these hikes with my dog, just going out and being alone and having time with my thoughts and being able to sit there and and think through things and what direction am I going? What do I want to do? You know, what do I need to do to get there? 
And that kind of helped me along the way within my professional development. In that time, I learned that I don't need to be accessible all the time. That's something as strength coaches and as humans in general today, I have my phone, so I'm accessible. Nope. I real quickly learned the power of turning my phone off, of getting out of service. I love not having service. Yeah. And that feeling when you look down at your phone, I'm like, I don't have service. Yeah, it's great. And it's great. And I mean, I picked up a lot more books in that time. When I was an athlete, I really was eat, sleep, train. That's about it, right? Like I, that's all I wanted to do. So afterwards, finding ways to get around that and finding rec leagues to get involved in. Like I never, we like signed a contract that was like, I will not play any other sports while I'm an athlete here. I think that's extremely valuable, right? You don't need to go off and get hurt. But when I got done, I started jumping into rec sports, right? Rec league sports, freaking rec league volleyball. I've never played volleyball in my freaking existence. And that was fun, right? And rec league softball. I love, I love softball in high school. I was like, let's go. Like, let's play some slow pitch. Oh my gosh, it's a different ball game. Coffee is actually something I'm really into now. Like, I love going to new coffee shops. And part of that is just because I can talk to people and just farmer's markets that's something I do every Saturday now every Saturday morning and I just go and I meet people and I you know see their products and I you know try new things my hobbies are very social I'm a very social human those are just things I really like I also enjoy building things but that's more of a when I go home with my family I I love to work with my hands I love to I got into building cabinets with my people or grandpa I call them my people things like that that I didn't really get to do that I didn't really have the opportunity finding new things it's really just being able to dive in and and understand who you are what you like and find ways to do that so in Colorado I noticed people work out here so they can go do things outside exactly but it wasn't like that when I lived in Charleston so when I left I didn't realize how much I enjoyed moving my body so that I could use it for other things and That is like such a beautiful thing here that there's a purpose behind every movement or there's a purpose behind going to the gym. And it's been such a nice indoctrination to living in Colorado because when I trained, obviously every movement you're doing, every movement you're giving to your athletes, there's a purpose behind it. The movement you're giving to your gymnast, softball team, like it's going to be a little different because they're different sports. But yeah, Colorado is nice. When I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I don't tired I'd rather go to bed go back to bed I'm like oh well I know I'm going on this long hike and I'm gonna be at elevation so I should probably go move my body a bit so I don't get shit on on the top of mountain. exactly and just remembering that there's more purpose to it and for me that just means when I'm 100 I want to be able to walk around and do things so I want to take care of me now Uh, again as a strength coach that's the most valuable thing I can give my athletes is longevity and sport and then longevity and health, right? Those are really, it should be switched, right? Longevity and health. I want you to be healthy forever. I want you to learn those good habits and learn how to move right now. And then I want you to be able to play your sport as long as you want to play your sport, right? I have softball kids that have gone pro and are still moving and playing, but they're not training. There's no strength coaches at that level. There's no, at that point, you've been in my program long enough. You kind of know what our sessions look like, right? Go structure yourself. And <laughs> there's, there's some workouts you can do. But yeah, realizing that there's more purpose to this movement stuff than just, you know, I want to be able to pick up my kids one day. I want to be able to pick up grandkids when I'm older. Who did you turn to when you were done competing? Nobody. (laughs) I sequestered myself. And that is another thing that I cannot stress enough to people not to do. 
find your tribe, find them. It doesn't matter what it looks like. doesn't matter if it's a group, another group of athletes that keeps you accountable. doesn't matter if it's your mentors. doesn't matter if it's, you know, old coaches, whatever, find them and stick with them. Everywhere I live, everywhere I move, I try to have training partners or I try to have people that I do things consistently with. I have friends who don't like to train. Fine. Let's go on hikes together and then we'll go to brunch. Right. Like, (laughs) so no, when I was done, I very much sequestered myself. I started working immediately, figured out that I was in PT, working in physical therapy. I can't do it. It's not for me. There are plenty of people out there that it's for, and I love that for them, but I moved home and started working with racehorses. I grew up around horses. So I was like, well, I need money because now I'm no longer on scholarship. So I need money so that I can go get a master's degree because I know I can't work in this field without a master's degree. So went home, started working seven days a week on our ranch with one of my friends. She is our barn manager. So I saw one person every day. I didn't lift. I didn't train for a solid year. I might've been the most fit I've ever been because lift horse feed is not a joke. Bailing hay, not a joke. Moving things like all that stuff, water buckets. Mucking stalls was like the most exhausting thing. Yeah. I was, I was yoked at the time. I actually had an accident while I was working. So I was kicked by a horse and hospitalized for six weeks and could have died three or four different times during the whole time. And that's the short version of the story, but it was, that was the time when it hit me. I was like, you better get back and do what you want to do. This is not a way to live your life. You are by yourself. You you have sequestered yourself. Like you don't have a network. You don't know what you want. If I would have died just like right then and there, I would not have been doing things I wanted to do. I was doing things that I thought were necessary. And I was supposed to start my grad program literally like the week after I got kicked while I was in the hospital. So that didn't happen. So I worked for almost a whole nother year. Um, after I recovered, got back in the weight room, was very fortunate to have friends that were doing like dietetics research and stuff and training. And I got in with them and was able to train like six days a week. I was a hundred pounds when I got out of the hospital within, uh, you know, a year was able to get to, you know, the size at which I was comfortable again, start training, start doing everything I needed to do again, started my master's program that next year, did an accelerated program so that I was out in a year, contacted the uh, NSCA went into their internship program and started like, I was like, I know I want to be a strength coach. It took me those years though, of not having purpose to light a fire, (laughs) light a fire under my eyes. I had no purpose. And so I was lost and I was doing stupid things and I was doing, I was by myself and I wasn't adhering to anything that any mentor, first of all, I didn't have any mentors at that time. I was like, everybody leave me alone. I'm going to be out in the country working with horses. But that next year when I started my grad program, that's what I learned. The value of mentorship, the value of having people that will just speak into your life, whether that's constructive criticisms or words of encouragement. You you learn things from everybody. You either learn how you want to be or you learn how you don't want to be. Being able to put that into action is, oh my gosh, it's invaluable, right? It's priceless. And so going through that time for me really set me up for success going into my career. And I accelerated that from there, right? From 2017 to now, it's been unreal. Like I was kicked in 2016 and, you know, was in the hospital, not looking so great in 2016 and fast forward, you know, six years almost, it'll, it'll be five actually. So five years, August 22nd, that's my, that's my day coming up. Yeah. That's my, that's my five-year mark. I celebrate it every year. Like, and what do you do? 
Yeah, every August 22nd, it's whatever year it is, that's what I base my workouts around. So like year one, run a mile, row a thousand, everything's one by ones, like on all my lifts, like major lifts. And then, so every year it's gone up, right? Last year sucked, four years, four miles, 4K row, four by four on all my major lifts, like all that sucked. And now I'm looking at five years and I'm like, I'm gonna have to change my plan because like I'm fixing to have to run five miles, do a 5K row, like five by fives on all my lifts. God forbid we get to a decade out and I'm just blown up because I can't finish <laughs> anymore. But it's purpose behind it, right? There's purpose behind what I'm doing now and all of that fed into it. And again, I can talk about it all day long, the value of networking, the value of finding people that will pour into you, even if it's just once or twice a year at a conference that you happen to go to, right? That you don't get enough sleep at because you want to go hang out with these people. When people say, what's your dream job? I'm like, well, I don't know exactly, but I know that the type of people I want to be around right. in a so-called dream job, like the people I would want to work with in the population, I don't know what that looks like in a job, but I know what I want to feel like and I know what I don't want to feel like. So if that counts as my answer, that's going to be my answer. And I mean, did I know, like when I was in school, when I was getting my master's, I didn't know that I wanted to be specifically a strength coach. I knew I wanted to work with people. And I got my, I actually got my uh, master's in kinesiology, but I specialized in nutrition and adaptive sport. So I was like, I want to work with people with disabilities. Like, that's a thing. I love that. I want people to be able to be active. Like I'm active, even if you have a disability. So during that time I was working with like wheelchair, uh, wheelchair rugby. Oh my gosh. So much fun. Wow. Wheelchair skate park stuff. So sick. Sweet. And then I started working with blind athletes, right? Started working with deaf athletes with learning how to sign, like learning how to communicate in other ways. My passion for your life, right? Like I want you to feel what I feel. I'm a Christian. I'm very, I, I'm not like this super, super religious person, but I do have a relationship with God. That's just how I live my life. The weight room is a place of worship for me. That's like a place that I am in and I know I'm glorifying God with what I'm doing. And I'm going to glorify God with the way that I treat others in that space. I am not always good about being kind outside of that space. I'm not going to lie to you. I can, I battle, I struggle, I grind. There's times that I'm just absolutely at my worst, but it's never in that room. It's never in the weight room. It's never part of what I know I'm where I am and what I'm supposed to do and that and the ways that I enact what I think I'm supposed to be doing in this life there's purpose behind it now and that's that's the thing that I think you have to find in your your job triangle right vocation location and pay right are you doing what you want to do fantastic right are you getting paid what you want to get paid maybe are you working with the people that you want to work with right? Are you in the place you want to be physically? You're only ever really going to get two of those things. You're either going to love where you are and love the people you're working with and like not be getting paid enough, or you're going to be getting paid out the butt and really not like what you do, but like the people you're around are okay, right? So you got two things. If you only ever have one of those things, get out, right? If you don't like the people you're with and you don't like what you're doing, but you're getting paid really well, is that enough for you? If you really, really like what you're doing, but you're not getting paid anything and you hate the people you're around, <laughs> what you doing, right? Go find something else. Go, your life is not long enough to grind until you're 67 now. I think they bumped it back. I think they bumped it up. Like, 
right? You don't have a long to time. do what you love, find if, and if that doesn't have a label, go find something that makes you happy, right? I wrote an article not very long ago. My, my boss actually gave it to me. It's, it's a service, right? It's, it's, I, I want to always provide. One of my mentors told me this a long time ago. It's provide over proof. You need to provide the best program possible. You need to provide what they need in that moment. You don't need to prove that you deserve to be here. If you're providing the best program that, that you can, and you're providing what they need in that time, that speaks for itself. My mindset every day is just, you need to have a servant mentality, not getting walked on, not getting disrespected. That's not what I mean, but you give of yourself so that others can do better, right? You give of yourself constantly. It's an outpouring of, this is how I show my love for you. This is how I show you that I care, that I'm invested, that I, you as a human being are important to me. I want to see you succeed. That's the ultimate reward for me. Do I get paid for my job? Yeah, sure do. Love that I can get paid to go and do what I want to do every single day and get to have these kids. Not They don't even realize it. My gymnasts have started coming to me in here before they go to open gym just to say hi. I'll be doing something and they'll walk in and they'll just come stand. They have a, like, they're, they're like wrapped up. They're like, ready. I used to do that with our coach. Yeah. And that fills me up. That makes me so happy. And I've told them that I'm like, Look, you guys have no idea how much it fills my heart up and fills my cup to have you just come want to have FaceTime with me for five minutes. It's an athlete have- experience. Like yeah. you're just adding like whatever you can to, because yeah. I'm sure you had coaches that you felt that way about that you felt comfortable being able to just, oh, go, I just in. go sit. I would literally go sit yeah. cross in front. So Brian Blutrick, my coach at Oklahoma, when I was done training for the day, he still had, you know, three, four more sessions of, of throwers. Cause we, we all throw different things. I would take my shoes off. I would like take a foam roller out and just go sit next to him, wherever he was coaching. The man doesn't talk all that much. And I talk incessantly and constantly. I would just go sit. Hey coach, this is how I feel today. Like rolling out, like doing all my stuff. Like how are the girls? How's your, you know, whatever. How's your family as a coach, as somebody who I love it when they just come to me and they just want to talk for a second. My gymnast walked in yesterday and one of them was like, I just went to Florida. And I was like, oh my God, tell me about it. Like, tell, tell me about your trip. Like, tell me what you liked. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, did you have fun? Don't tell me the things I don't want to hear about, but I hope you had a lot of fun. That, that step, that, that step beyond sets and reps that makes the most difference, right? That now when they come to me and I'm communicating sets, reps, intensity, volume, load, they understand that like, I'm doing it because I care about everything else, right? Mm-hmm. I care about you when you go home. I care about when you recover. I care that you had a really good time while you're on vacation. I tell my kids, I'm like, when you're on vacation, don't, I don't need you grinding and working out. You're on vacation for four days with your family. I would like for you to go on a 30 minute walk, you know, a couple days a week. If they have a gym and you want to go in and you want to do this little, I call it a shitty hotel gym workout, I'll send them. It takes 20 minutes. I'll be like, if you want to do this in the morning, great but I need you to spend time with your family. I need you to value that time because you're fortunate enough to go on these trips. Not everybody is. Not everybody has that time with their families. You're not going to be a college athlete forever, right? You're going to have those families, that, that family time, hopefully forever. Those are relationships you need to build. That's a, a good thing you need to foster with your family. So go enjoy that. And they're like, oh, coach said I need to like, you know, keep my skills and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not telling you to not do what coach said, but I'm giving you my half, right? Here's what I want from you. And they're like, okay. 
it, it matters. Like I said, I don't think we teach that enough. I look back on, on, you know, my collegiate career and I did, I got the opportunity because my coaches said, go on, you know, when you're gone for Christmas for six days, cause we didn't have that much time. Cause we came back and indoor season was in January. So we got to go home for like six days. They were like, just go for six days. This is a week. We, you know, we planning around this go enjoy, go be with your family, go move around. Don't just sit on a couch all week. I'm not telling you that, but here are the structured things you can do and still have time for your family and not be wrapped up in, I'm going to go back and I'm going to die because coach is going to bury me when I get there. I tell my kids that I communicate that to them up front. When you come back from the summer. Yeah. I gave you a summer packet and I worked my ass off to get you that summer packet. And I hope that you looked at it at the very least, right? I hope you Please tell me you open the email. Yeah, I hope you laid eyes on it. But if you didn't, well, one, it might suck a little worse for you, but it's not going to matter. I'm going to treat everybody when they walk in the door like they've done nothing all summer. That's just the way it's going to be. That's the thing. It gives them that much more security in what they're doing to where after everything's all said and done, they don't feel like I don't know who I am. I don't know what to do because they've had that time. They've had that downtime. They've had that family time. They know what it means to separate themselves from the sport for a moment, even if it's just like a week. A week. So if Ashley today could tell Ashley in 2015 something, you're just out of competition, what would your piece of advice be? Earlier on, I wish I would have gotten more specific into what I wanted to do, right? I wish I would have dialed it in and been like, look, these are the career options I'm looking at. Because all I focused on was getting out of school. (laughs) I was like, I just want to graduate, right? I just want to go. I just want to be done. And I did a poor job of setting myself up for success in the next step because I didn't think about it. Yeah, I was getting my master's degree. Yes, I was, you know, doing things, but I wasn't in a weight room, right? I wasn't in a collegiate setting weight room. I wasn't, you know, reaching out and really finding those good mentors to help me and help me grow during that time. I probably been, you know, two years ahead at this point, which is great. I love where I am now. I think I'm in a great place, but I don't think it's ever, I don't ever want to be complacent, right? I want to continue to grow. I want to get there. Beyond that, I wish that I had been um, a little easier going on myself because I was really hard on myself. If things didn't go well in competition, I beat myself up, right? If things didn't go well in training, I beat myself up because that's what I was there to do. That's what my scholarship was for. Giving myself more grace. Like that's what I would have spoken into my life. I wouldn't talk to a friend the way I talk to myself. Boom. Say it louder for the people in the back. Right. And I I am going to say it again because that's something that I'm going to use a lot this year. Would you talk to your teammates? Would you talk to your best friend? I don't talk to my friends like that, right? I don't sit there and degrade my friends or like go, oh, that was your best effort. That wasn't good enough. I would never talk to my friends like that. So that's really a big gauge of my self-talk now is would you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself? If not, pull that back, right? Give yourself some grace every now and then. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being driven, I love that. I love that you're willing to push boundaries. I am here for all of those things, setting expectations, right? Having demands. And then for me, understanding what I'll tolerate, I'll tolerate not being able to enjoy something. (laughs) Like if I go sometimes, if I'm sitting in like on professional development or like a a session and I'm like, I hate this, (laughs) I can't, 
like I can't focus because I hate it. I, I can't, you know, I can't listen. I can't pay attention. I'll tolerate that for myself. Right. Whereas like me three, four years ago, I would have been like, you have to sit here and you have to soak up every second of this because if not, you're ungrateful and you're, you're not paying, you know, you're not making yourself better and you're not taking advantage of opportunities. Now I'm like, I'm not here for this right now. Like I'm going to come back to it later or, you know, I'll allow myself to miss workouts or like, Hey, I really don't feel good. Um, my body hurt. If you feel tired, then rest. Yeah. yeah. And that's to me as a strength coach, that's what I communicate to my athletes. I'm like, you tell me, tell me if you feel like absolute trash today, because I trashed you on Monday. If you feel like absolute trash today, let's throw in a recovery day, right? We'll get in our main movements that what, that I absolutely require of you, but then let's trash the accessories and go recover. And they're like, we can do that. Well, and it's like, you know, these athletes work hard. They know what work ethic is. They're not just like bumming around in the weight room. Like if they're tired, they're actually tired. One of the best quotes I heard, uh, good athlete. And, and that's true everywhere. Good. Especially if you're at the, the division one level, you're going to practice hard. You're going to work hard. You're going to put in the effort because you're not going to play. Right. But the great ones, what separates good from great is they prioritize sleep, nutrition, strength training, proper recovery, right? Boom. They listen to their bodies and go, oh, like, you know, I'm not just going to grind all the time and bury myself and end up overtraining. Consistency in the small disciplines leads to great achievements over time. That's awesome. I think so relatable. And especially coming from someone who competed at a really high level, being able to like say that and hear that and have people hear that. So I have two questions left. One's a little shorter than the other, but my first one, what is your hope for future athletes following this conversation? Oh man. One that, that we just got done talking about, I want us to be able as high level athletes to give ourselves grace. But a big thing too, is that we have to have hard conversations sometimes, and we need to be able to step outside of ourselves and trust the process and trust the place you're at and trust the people you're with and rely on that team and use your resources, right? That's for me as a strength coach, I want, I told my kids all the time, I'm like, use me. <laughs> you have a question? Like, come on, like I have chairs in my office, come sit and talk to me. You need that? Like, so using those resources, every bit of it, the career, you know, career resources, there's career centers, there's academic resources, there are nutritional resources, there are physical resources, the list goes on and on, but I want so badly for us to take a step in the right direction because that's going to make us better athletes, right? That's going to make you a better athlete. It's going to make you a more well-rounded person. And when you find that clarity in the rest of your life, your sport just gets easier when you don't have to worry about any of that other stuff because you're using your resources that are there because you're here for sport in the first place, right? Student athletes are so spoiled and we don't always realize it right and we don't always realize the resources that we have so utilization of resources and positive self-talk a little bit of grace every now and then I love that and what is your walkout song or oh what would it be by right? Post Malone all, all for me all they want that that is I'm so that song never blew up I'm so disappointed so much <laughs> one of my really good friends Kara Winger she actually just qualified for fourth Olympic games and she would have ball days where she'd be throwing. Well, I love Post Malone. I adore Post Malone. I just do, always have. 
I was listening to the song and it's called Ball For Me. And it's like this song with Nicki Minaj. And I was like, this is just, it's the freaking banger. And I put it on one day while she was having her ball day. And she was like, it's ball day, ball for me. This is perfect. So then we would put it on all the time. And it, that song will always get me hype. Like I remember what it did for her and that it does it for me. So like, if I'm having a rough day, I'm just like, give me the ox. Like we're going ball for me on repeat till I get out of this funk. Let's roll. I love that. Ash, thanks so much. I appreciate just you sharing your story and sharing as an athlete how it felt and now as a coach and tying that together is invaluable. So thank you so much. Anytime here, feel free to reach out. You know, you have all my stuff. There's call me, text me, Instagram me, email me. Totally. Signals. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever it is you feel like you need to do. Oh, you're the best.